I never saw such a woman. She would certainly be a fearsome thing to behold. Ladybird. Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Film Girlies podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Fiona. And happy 2024. Uh, the last time we spoke to you guys, it was last year. Ha ha. Ha, shut up. <laughs> Don't make fun of my jokes. It's true. Um, we hope you all had a great holiday season. We also, we were just talking about this. Um, we were wondering if you guys liked our holiday movie episode. Um, if you're listening to this and you also listened to that one, then I'd, we'd love your we'd love your feedback on that um yeah it's um very it was very fun for us to do and we only see each other a couple times a year so we are we do more than happy to (laughs) get a few bottles of wine and record a podcast episode every time we hang out if that's what the film girlies desire if that's what the film girlies want then it it will happen if that's what you want uh so if you haven't listened to that episode yet uh I, we had fun recording it, so uh, we hope you have fun listening to it. But Fiona, what are we here? What are we doing today? What are we, first episode of 2024, what are we doing? We are being the most predictable podcast ever, and our first episode of the new year, we are going to talk about our favorite movies from the last year. Um, so oh, yeah. We have carefully curated our top 10 lists of the year. Um, this a, mo- a huge moment in Emily and Fiona friendship history. This is the first huge moment where seven movies on our list are the same. That's right. Seven. We agree on. Se- actually, I wouldn't say agree because they're actually all in wildly different places on our list. This is true. Yeah. But seven entire movies we have agreed on as the best of the year. That's crazy. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. I am actually, again, like Fiona said, they're at pretty different spots. Um, also, like, the the three that differentiate, um, I haven't seen two-thirds of uh, Fiona's three that don't match mine, if that makes any sense. So um, I don't see them ending up on my top ten, but who knows. Uh, just a disclaimer in that regard. But, yeah, I was I was actually looking through this, and I was like, wait a minute, like, this is... It's very uncommon for us, like, to, we have very different taste in film, I would say. Um, but when stuff does over- overlap, like it does here, um, it's really fun. We each have three films that the other does not deem <laughs> top ten worthy. <laughs> so. <laughs> I wouldn't say, okay, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I don't well, deem, yeah. Well, I yeah. have deemed Emily's not top ten worthy, and she has not seen all of my films this is true but one of them i have deemed not top 10 yes maybe emily is gonna have wake up one day and have a revelation and um she will she will see these movies that i have placed there that she is not and she will watch them and put them as number one i mean if that does happen i will you know i'll be the first to admit it i'll let you know but do i see that happening no but who knows never say never let's yeah let's start with the three films that we did not have in common we'll just go back and forth um these are in no particular order for me if fiona fiona are you gonna go in order i have an order fiona has an order so yeah (laughs) so fiona's going in order i'm just i'm just gonna give you movies uh fiona what was uh the film you'd like to present first from your Um, from your three if this is a little venn diagram three is on your fiona side my ninth favorite movie of the year. <laughs> so annoying to say. Um, oh my god. I watched The Iron Claw last night. Um, the bio biopic-ish inspired by true story of the Von Erich brothers, the wrestling brothers. Um, I saw this last night, literally, like literally, not even a full 24 hours ago. And it was just absolutely incredible. I think the performances are very good. Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, and Harris Dickinson are all in this. Um, three iconic white boys of the month, if I may say so. Um, yeah, it like I did not know anything about this movie going in. My dad wanted to see it, and it looked interesting to me, so we went. Um, and I was 
so vastly underprepared for how sad it was going to be. I strongly recommend if you don't really know much about the Von Erichs, just go watch the movie and then like research after. I think that I really enjoy doing it that way. Um, but aside from just how excellently sad it made me, it's also just a really good kind of investigation into masculinity and Zac Efron is, oh my god, he's so good in this. He can really act. That man can really, really act. He is incredible. I really enjoyed The Iron Claw and I highly recommend you go see it while it's in theaters. Go support smaller movies, please. Yes, please support smaller movies. I think it's, um, it's really important, especially as we're kind of getting back into like I know that I know for a lot of people the pandemic feels like far over, but I think a lot of the people in creative industries would um, probably strongly disagree with that. Um, uh, especially as we're like coming out of the pandemic, uh, small films need as much as as much support as you can give them, and they usually make really good movies too. Uh, so don't disregard them. Go see smaller films. Um, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing Iron Claw. I've been hearing really good things. I've been hearing it's very very sad. I've also been hearing. Uh, Zac Efron's amazing. Those are like the main two narratives I've been receiving there, there about Iron Claw. There should be a third narrative. Okay. That they wear very short jean shorts for most of the movie. I remember I saw remember that picture of Zac Efron that was like circulating the internet of him in his jean shorts and his haircut for the movie? Yes. That made me laugh. Because it's just such a funny picture. I feel like the haircuts are throwing people off. But don't let them. Just a little. Don't know. You'll see the vision when you watch the movie. Okay. All right. Um, my, you know what? I changed my mind. I will go, I will go in order. Um, <laughs> so my number six out of 10, um, I would like to make a disclaimer though, is that one, everything is subject to change. And number two, I feel like the films on my top 10 are all quite different from like comedy to like abstract to like drama to and like there's a lot there's a lot going on so rating them in comparison to each other is like a bit weird but I'm going to do it anyway my number six pick was Greta Gerwig's Barbie uh we did a whole episode on Barbie by Greta Gerwig uh so go listen to that if you haven't already but I think that um the writing and the stylistic choices in this are just phenomenal it was also a huge huge uh blockbuster like it was a huge box office hit um which made me really happy because I've loved Greta Gerwig for like since Lady Bird so um it was really nice to see her kind of get this like mainstream attention from a lot of people so yeah uh number six really really strong film uh for this year so um yeah really enjoyed it and number six on the top ten we we will post pictures of our top 10 when we release yes so you are not trying to make a make a list in your head trying to visualize so we're just saying numbers you're like writing it down (laughs) like okay emily said this is a number six (laughs) that's commitment that's commitment that's a film real film girly right there writing down you're you're a true film girly if you're like writing down along the way thank you um my number six just like Emily in sixth place. I have Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's gigantic crime drama that came out this year. Um, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast yet, so let me have a little moment. Um, This movie is absolutely incredible. I think Scorsese is such a master, and he proved that in like the 70s, and he's still proving it now. And he is able to capture so many different like complex ideas within one story and I really admire how much he is was able to um emphasize the indigenous story within this especially since the original source material did not emphasize it um Lily Gladstone my girl she is breathtaking in this movie just I have not seen this yet um I'm waiting until it comes out on Apple TV on the 12th you said yeah um, but I would I would just like to jump in and say that she is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And obviously I don't mean to say that to uh, dismiss her talent. I just haven't seen her in the movie yet, but I would just like to say she's stunning. 
and that's all <laughs> you're right she is gorgeous and she's incredibly talented um also i think the final sequence of this movie like final 20 10 minutes or so um is an incredible wrap-up not i won't i don't say wrap-up because corsese is not dead and he's never going to die because i am sacrificing years of my life for him but um, an incredible way to look back on his filmmaking and um, the entertainment industry as a whole and what it is to take real life stories and turn them into a piece of entertainment for people. Um, not to say this movie is like entertaining. It's three and a half hours and you feel kind of sick to your stomach the whole time just because like the source, like the story is, it makes you feel awful. Um, but I truly think it is worth it just because of how well crafted well-crafted it is yeah please go watch colors of the flower moon it will be on apple tv on january 12th so you no one has any excuse because everyone knows that if it's streaming somewhere legally you can find it in other locations i am not endorsing pirating i am saying no we don't we don't no it's something you can do yep that's it um (laughs) that's it Yes, I, I can't wait to carve out three and a half hours of my life for this movie. No, like, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I just don't know why it has to be so long. I mean, you watched all three hours of Avatar The Way of Water last year, so it's fine. Yeah, I definitely did watch all three hours of Avatar The Way of Water. I definitely did watch that movie. Okay, Film Girlies Confession, y'all. Um, I lied. I did not see Avatar Way of Water last year. Um, I, it just didn't happen. Uh, I feel, I'm so sorry for like lying to you all for this long, but the truth had to come out. I have not seen that movie. I don't have any desire to see that movie. Um, I just, I was going to watch it cause it was nominated and then school happened and I didn't end up getting to it. Uh, so this is my confession. I'm finally coming clean. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> It's been really hard for me to hide this secret for so long. This year, she will make up for the three hours she missed last year by watching Oppenheimer again. No, I will not. I am not watching Oppenheimer again. I'm not. It was great. I, like, had, we talked about it. It was good, but I, not, no. (laughs) It was a one-time thing for me. (laughs) I'll find you those three hours somewhere. She'll find it. She'll, like, sit me. I think she's going to, like, strap me to a chair and, like, keep my eyeballs open and make me watch off the three quarters of Zack Snyder's Justice League. (laughs) Not funny, Fiona. A little funny. A little funny. Why? Why does that exist? Masculine ego. That's why. Anyways. um, (laughs) I digress. Uh, I will give my next film uh, at number five on my list was Bottoms, directed by Emma Seligman. Uh, we talked about this episode on our, did we, we called it Girls, Gays, and Theys? Yes, on our Girls, Gays, and Theys episode. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing more about it, I highly recommend checking out that episode. It's, it's just hilarious. And I love that we got like so many good comedies this year. I feel like that was really refreshing. Um, just the witty, the dialogue is witty. The performances are committed and hilarious. And it's it's just a, it's a gay old time in both the way that you're gonna have fun and there'll also be gay people in it. So it's the gayest time I had this year at the theater. Highly recommend that you check it out and then listen to our podcast after. That's all I have to say about Bottoms. Great movie. Yeah, it was on my long list for the year. Excellent film. All Um, right. We each have one film left that did not meet the middle of our Venn diagram. Fiona? And they're both our number one movies. (laughs) Which is really funny. Really, really funny. Fiona, what's number one on your list? I wonder. My number one movie of the year, which comes to no surprise, like, no one's surprised. Um, it's been movie of the year ever since they delayed Dune Part 2. <laughs> um, my favorite movie was Oppenheimer. I believe I've spoken, I've brought it up multiple times on this podcast over the last few, six months, and I don't care, I'm going to bring it up again. This movie is 
phenomenal. I think making a biopic that stays that intriguing and you keep like you stay that invested is a hard thing to do. Um, but the Christopher Nolan's obviously a master at playing with time, and he does it so well in this. Um, the contrast between the color, the black and white, the fish, the f nuclear fission, and the nu nuclear fusion. I thought that was an excellent touch to name the two sections of his movie. Um, every single person is giving an incredible performance. The ways that Christopher Nolan visualizes science through um, visual effects. By the way, the Academy suffer for not putting uh, putting Oppenheimer in your shortlist for the best visual effects because what are you doing? I truly cannot comprehend thinking that Ant-Man Quantumania had better special effects than this. No. All right, sorry. You're being real right now? I'm being real. Okay, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> um, the Academy, if you take anything else from Oppenheimer, watch your back. I'm getting into my defensive awards mode where um, I refuse to hear any i refuse to let any of my pieces <laughs> of media lose we are recording this about an hour oh yes before the golden globe start um currently i have favorites in every single acting category and there will including the tv ones and there will be hell to pay this is true i don't get what i want fiona's been on the succession train so i'm i'm really curious to see how that's gonna pan out for you tonight because Hasn't been panning out too well from the like pre-ceremony awards that they're doing on Twitter. The creative but, actually made me want to end my life. There's no way there's a score better than the Succession score. I'm sorry. I watched four seasons of that show in one month. Okay. I sat down and that's that show true. was done with, no, less than a month. I started like December like 11th and I finished on the 30th. That's 20 days. That's 20 days of Succession. It's a lot of television in 20 days. Like, they're long episodes, too. It's yeah, not like, like they're, like, 20-minute things. Yeah. So I've watched I watched 39 episodes of... <laughs> 39 episodes, like, 39 hours of television in 20 days. Don't ask my mental health. Just... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Ever made. And yeah. That's... Yeah, sorry. I got off track. Um, It's okay. Oppenheimer's score is also excellent. I think Oppenheimer is just... Oh, I hope Oppenheimer wins for best score. Um, that are poor things. Yeah. N actually, no. Oppenheimer, just that. <laughs> just that. Just that. Uh, speaking of poor things, guess what? My my number one film of the year was Poor Things by Yorgos Lanthimos. And I loved this film so much. It was everything I dreamed of. Um, I really needed a win this year after Bo is Afraid was not enjoyable. And I got a win this year with Poor Things. Um, I'm not going to talk about it because in a bit, I don't know exactly when, but in a week or two, uh, we're going to have an episode full of Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, and we'll, I'll save my thoughts about Poor Things for then. So stay tuned if you've seen it. If you haven't, Go see it and go see it in a theater. This film is so stunning. It deserves to be um, seen in a theater, if you ask me. So, yes, I can't. I cannot wait to talk about that. I am so excited to talk about it. Um, it was so good. It was so good. I'm like fangirling. It was so good. I loved it. Yeah, poor things was very good. I really enjoyed it. Did it make your long list? Like like the like getting on to like getting added to the top ten and then getting cut, it did not get added. Yeah. Oh, rude. Okay, I'm kidding. It's fine. I guess you can have an opinion. There's so many films out there. On the so world. many. There's so many. There's a lot. Luckily, we agreed on seven of them. Um, these seven are not in the same place on our list. <laughs> no, definitely not. But they are all on the list, and I think that that deserves an award in itself that we were able to agree on that many things. Honestly, yeah, like I, I think it's really impressive that Fiona and I were so united <laughs> this year. It's not gonna happen again. <laughs> like, don't. This isn't gonna be a normal thing. So appreciate this for what it is—a unique experience. So for the seven films we have in the middle of our Venn diagram, I'm just going to read them off. I'm gonna go like ten to one. 
Um, and then Fiona will, I'll call out the movie. Fiona will say where she put it on her list. So in my number 10 spot, I have uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Fiona, where did that sit for you? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is my number five. Okay, okay. So a bit different in yeah. places. Again, I can't really explain where I put everything on this list. It's just my personal opinion. It has nothing to do with, like, I think the quality of filmmaking in this one is higher than this one. Like, it, it doesn't have to do with that at all. This list would be very different if that was the case. I just went on, like, my personal favorites. Um, seeing this in the theater was amazing. Like, just a feast for the eyes and the senses. It's, those like, the first, like, sequence with all the percussion and um, the stunning animation. Like, just, oh my god, I can't explain that feeling. It was so, so, so cool. And so well done and just really it draws you in right from the beginning this whole film is stunning to look at fiona what are your favorite parts of spider-man across spider-verse um i saw this three times in the theater because i am so Mm -hmm. normal (laughs) um i think that the first movie just really like obviously they're both technical achievements like you cannot understate how beautiful they are and how talented these animators are to create so many characters that all have their own distinct art style yet can exist in the same world and move in the same um, place and the first one connected with me like a lot just I just thought it was incredible and I loved the storyline and so it became an instant favorite and then this one just the same thing I think Miles is such a he's such an interesting character um, because they allow him to explore him still being a like a kid um, instead of forcing him to grow up in any way, they keep that heart. And as well as I think um, every single side character they introduce is just is somehow extremely strong. I never feel like there's a, there doesn't feel like there's like a step out of place in these. I feel like because of the intricacy of animating um, in this way, that they are really forced to take a hard look at their plots and just make sure everything falls into place perfectly. Um, and that's why I think it's what like they're, like, like this trilogy so far third one was supposed to come out in march but it got delayed and honestly i don't mind because as long as it ends up being a perfect conclusion to this trilogy i don't mind at all um i just think that these are some of the best comic book movies being made not that it's a hard bar to pass <laughs> but um they are incredible and i think they have a real sense of artistry behind them and i not to like drag other movies, but I don't, I think a lot of the other bigger tentpole franchise movies in Marvel and DC mm. cannot hold up the same level of artistry because they are holding up a 20 film franchise. These ones, I think, yeah. because they're able to stand alone, they add, they have an added level of some, I don't, I didn't have another word to end that. You no, I, I, I absolutely know what you mean. These are a lot more intentional than a lot of the comic book movies that we're seeing, um, which are kind of just made to, again, like no distant comic book movies. We've watched them like for a long time. Um, But yeah, these feel very intentional and everything in them is so, um, is so very well thought out and precise. It makes for, a delightful movie going experience. So I hope you got to see this in theaters. If you did not, I believe it's hitting crave soon or it's already there. Don't quote me on that. As always, everything we say, <laughs> don't take any of it uh, for truth, but yeah, highly, highly recommend this film. Um, and I'm excited to see how it's going to perform in uh, the Oscar season, like where it's going to, where it's going to go in terms of nominations and, what, what, what that's going to look like. So, yeah. Um, anything else to say about Spider-Man, Fiona, before we move on? I don't think so. I think... Okie dokie. Yeah. I think we got it out. Um, Fiona and I were realizing <laughs> just now that most of the movies on that we share on this list, uh, we have episodes about, so we'll just, we'll refer you to those to get all of our, like, juicy details on them, but we'll give... Little summaries of why we put them on the list and why we love them uh, as we go along. 
So my number nine pick for the year was Priscilla, directed by Sofia Coppola. We have an episode about Priscilla all by herself. So go listen to go listen to that episode. Um, I put Priscilla on here on here for um, what did I put it on here for? Just great storytelling. Um, consistently engaged throughout. I love stories. I just, I love stories about women directed by women. It's just, it's so, it's very refreshing and, um, yeah, fantastic performances, great commitments to character and overall a well done film. Fiona, what made you, Fiona, where is Priscilla on your list and why? Um, Priscilla's number three on my list. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I put it on here because I think I talk about how in like our episode, please give listen. We are shamelessly self-promoing today. Please, self, yeah, today is just shameless self-promo. Yeah, um, I talk about how the teenage girl experience um, is beautifully portrayed in this movie and there's a certain level of delicacy and elegance um, to both like the vibe of the movie and also just to Kaylee Spaney's performance as Priscilla. Um, I just, when I watched this, I I felt so deeply connected to Priscilla and you can see so many of the decisions she makes influenced by the same feelings I felt when I was 16. Um, and yeah, I just, I felt, it was, yeah, just an instant favorite as well. I. I'm very glad this movie exists, and I think Sofia Coppola is able to understand the teenage, like Priscilla's teenagerhood, in a very, very special way. It's it's girlhood in a film, in a very specific way, but it's it's girlhood, and I loved seeing that portrayed on screen, like Fiona did. But yes, please go listen. <laughs> Go listen, please. Thank you. Podcast. You're already listening to this one. I just. Do you have another? Do Do you have more time on your commute? Oh, go listen. Go listen to the next one. Like what a what a good idea. What a great idea. That's crazy. Um. Anyways, <laughs> my number eight. Um. Moving on. My number eight on my list uh, was May December, directed by Todd Haynes. We. Guess what, guys? There's an episode on this, um, which a lot of you listen to, by the way. Thank you for that. Most listens we've got since our first episode. That was kind of crazy. The children yearn for Charles Melton. They yearn for Charles Melton, and so do I. I put May December on here for its brilliant performances from the core three, but especially Charles Melton, who I talk a lot about on our podcast episode about it. And what else, what else is amazing about this? So many things are amazing. The dialogue is amazing. And yeah, dialogue and performances are my two favorite things about this movie. That's why I put it here. It's a really, really strong film. Um, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Fiona, where is May December on your list? May December is number 10. Um, oh my God. I like just choked on air. That's cool. Let me try again. May December is number 10 on my list. I think I think having the time to talk with Emily about May December and how we got into every single detail made me appreciate it even more. Um, and that's why it snuck into that number 10 spot. It was actually at number nine. Um, and then I watched the Iron Claw and the Iron Claw got bumped. It took another movie off the list. The other movie, the movie kicked off, let me speak. The movie kicked off was Anyone But You, the Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell rom-com. And I need to say that movie is excellent. It is so good. Rom-coms are back. Don't want anyone to lie to you. If you are a fake relationship trope girl like me, then you will love it. And if you're a Glenn Powell girl like me, you will love it. So basically, if you are me, <laughs> you will have a great time at Anyone But You. Um, if you aren't like me... I, you can go watch it, but like, don't tell me if you don't like it, because I don't want to know. I refuse to hear any criticism. Anyway, May-December is on my list because um, it has so many complex ideas in it, and it's so, I don't want to say fun, but like it sort of is to like, 
um, dive into the movie and figure out why each choice was made, what's going on in there, I guess. Um, and then also, like Emily said, the um, performances in this movie are just insane. And BAFTAs, I Am Under Your Bed, put Charles Melton in your shortlist for Best Supporting Actor because, huh? Strange. Weird. Because what's that about? What's that about? Because why do we have a long list for Best Actor of just white men when there were fantastic performances by men of color? Strange. Anyway. Anyways. Made number is excellent. Um, go watch it. Yeah, go watch it and then go listen to our episode about it. Because I know you want to. Everyone wants to. My number seven pick was Infinity Pool, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Guess what, guys? Also an episode on that. I Fiona assigned this film to me for my horror movie swap, and I had such an amazing time with it. Just such a really interesting and unique kind of class commentary and lots of commentary happening here um it's out there it's weird it's abstract i love it uh go watch it it's on crave if you have that if not it's elsewhere um and yeah fantastic my favorite horror film of the earth the only uh film i would categorize as like a horror thriller that made it to my top 10 so fantastic film highly Highly recommend you go check it out and then listen to our episode. Fiona, where is Infinity Pool sitting for you and why is it there? Um, Infinity Pool is number eight on my list and I put it here just because I these type of movies do not usually resonate with me at all. I wouldn't say this one resonated emotionally, but it did resonate in a way. I was like, girl, <laughs> like, what are you resonating with? <laughs> I know what you um, mean. I think I have a hard time sometimes when a film uses shocking moments <coughs> saltburn um to um that was very loud that was so funny <laughs> have we talked about saltburn on the pod at all or has it just been the two of us i think we've just been hating on it separately a lot let's save it for another day we'll save it for another hater episode okay yeah yeah, yeah. just had to just had to acknowledge its existence because it's been yeah it's been everywhere. It be Anyways. Fun. The film girlies are not Saltburn's biggest fans. That's all you need to know. No. At a later date. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. But that's it. I don't enjoy when we use shocking moments to draw an audience in and they have no um, connection to the plot at hand. But I think Infinity Pool is expert, does that expertly and it's um, any strange thing you see can be explained and is supported by the plot. There is nothing out of place you kind of just everything feels like an actual progression in the story rather than just being like oh my gosh is that a bathtub for no reason jacob and lordy this isn't about you trust barry keegan this isn't about you i love you barry keegan i feel like we're not giving him enough love too sorry i'm like talking about saltburn and i said we weren't going to talk about no, saltburn because okay, i brought it up too and here um, i am we will give barry keegan his love next week i think when we do our little poor things europe goes lanthimos episode yes we tease. will we promote old episodes my irish man <laughs> i know look at us go this episode is like go somewhere else <laughs> no i'm kidding please stay here don't click off <laughs> but yeah um yeah so that's why I put Infinity Pool on here, just because I thought it was super cool. And also, Cronenberg's just crazy. Love David Cronenberg. Love Brandon Cronenberg, who does Infinity Pool. Incredible fathersome duo. I know, that's kind of crazy. Like, okay, per. I don't know what... <laughs> wonder what that dynamic was like. What are their um, family <laughs> Growing like? up. What? Yeah, what are their... I would love to know what their family dinners are like, actually. What do they talk about? <laughs> like, I'm so curious. Because it's got to be interesting. You know it's crazy. I'll I'll go. Um, I'll see if I have any grandchildren. David Cronenberg has any grandchildren our age, and I'll get in there. Good idea. Thank you. Take I one appreciate for the it. Team. Take one for the team, girl. Thank you. All right. So six and five were Barbie and Bottoms for me. The next time we converge is my number four pick, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. I was really looking forward to this film when it was coming out. The trailers all looked really interesting. Um, I like Wes Anderson. There's an episode where we talk about this movie. Surprise to none. We also talk about a lot of other Wes Anderson. So go check that out if you'd like more detail on this. 
this film just really, really resonated with me a lot more than I was expecting. Um, it says a lot about like storytelling and why do we still tell stories and why do we do that? And that just, as someone who likes to tell story, I, that very, that resonated with me quite a bit. Also just, it's, I think it's Wes Anderson at his best here. Um, it's probably, I would say, if someone asked me right now what my favorite Wes Anderson was, I'd probably say Asteroid City. Um, I think it's just his aesthetics, but also his writing at best here. Everything is cohesive, um, works together, and overall makes for a really strong film with a great heart. So highly recommend this film. I believe it's on Prime Video now. And Fiona, where did Asteroid City sit for you and why is it on your list? It was also at number four for me, and I watched it last week um, for a little New Year's Eve extravaganza with my family. They were not the biggest Asteroid City fans. They just don't see The Vision. The Vision being that it's just an actual incredible movie about art and the artist, but also The Vision being Adrian Brody and his little white shirts. Um, but yeah, the scene with Margot Robbie and Jason Schwartzman on the balcony is probably scene of the year. Um, there's just nothing, I think that sums up the movie so well and there's nothing, it leaves nothing more to be said in the movie. It's like, this is, this is the thesis statement. Um, and it's very beautiful. And I think Wes Anderson has such a vision for what he wants to give us in movies. And you'll hear more about that vision in our episode about Wes Anderson. <laughs> Go check it out. It's a good one. I liked that one. We kind of we killed that. We've only good episodes this year. Wow! I know. Wow! Look at us go. Uh, another film we covered on an episode this year uh, made it to my number three spot. It was Dater Camp, directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman. Um, now listen, <clears throat> we talked about this on our Girls Gays and Days episode, so it's on the same episode as Bottoms. We also talk about. Shiva Baby, a little bit about the bear, and spot. What, what else did we talk about in this episode? Sorry, Sorry. I like my microphone on. We talked about bodies, 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 and the bear. Here's oh the yes, thank you. Sorry, I could not remember bodies, bodies, bodies. Yes, yeah, so we talk about it's a it's a four in one. There's lots going on on the girls' gays and theys episode. Go check it out. We talk about theater camp, and I will make the disclaimer that I was is a is a the am a theater kid so probably have a, like a huge bias in that regard but overall my favorite comedy of the year um unless like favorite like straight comedy i know poor things is like technically a comedy but um i think this like you know you know what i mean I'm, i don't have to explain myself further you know what i'm talking about um this movie's hilarious it is everyone's committing to the bit the dialogue is funny Every scene is funny. I'm laughing the whole time. I'm having a great time the whole time because everyone is so in it and so committed to the bit and so committed to character. Um, this film is fantastic. Go watch it. It's on Disney Plus and then go listen to our episode about it because I will yab about it more. It's fantastic. Fiona, where was Cedar Camp on your list and why is it on your list? Theater Camp was number seven on my list. Um, just all like probably one of my best theater experiences of the year. Just so much fun losing it laughing. I think we talked about how weird our screening was in the episode. So I think we did, yeah. Um, so go. Just love yeah. I love a good strange energy in a theater. Like it, it's always so much fun. Um, but yeah, had a great time. Incredible performances. Molly Gordon is just my BFF. Like I truly think we could be best friends if she would let me. Molly Gordon, please. Please let me be your friend. We could be so cool. <laughs> so cool. Um, I love you, Molly Gordon. Anyway, um, I love theater camp. Um, Iowa Beery is also in this. And that's Mother right there. That's a future Golden Globe winner. Do you hear what I say? What time is it? It is 5.27 p.m. I promise you that in the next three hours she will win a golden globe for best actress in a comedy series and if she doesn't they'll be held to pay fiona is like running hfpa don't don't look at me hollywood foreign press no it definitely won't be fiona i'm on to you be careful 
Oh, Fiona really is. Yeah, I'm actually a little scared for her for the Globe this year, because normally she doesn't care about TV, but this year she does. So I'm a little <laughs> nervous for her. <laughs> I'm a little scared for you, baby girl. Um, I'm saying this right now, Iowa Debiria. Edabiri and Sarah Snook will be walking out of there with Golden Globes, and some I will be out on the news if they don't. Yeah. Anyway, I love you, Theater Camp. Great film. We talk about it more on our episode. Yes, please go listen to the episode because we need plenty of time to talk about my number two pick, um, which is a directorial debut, which I is insane to me uh, that you could try something and be so good at it. I'm talking to you, Celine Song, and your film Past Lives was my second favorite of the year. Very, very just shy of first. Um, Oh, I love movies that deal with, I think, time as a concept and how we grow up and grow out of things. I think it's one of the most... For me, one of the most gut-wrenching tropes on the planet. That's why, like, La La Land is one of my favorite films. The Worst Person in the World is one of my favorite films. I think those films resonate with me so deeply because I find I find something so intriguing and terrifying about um, the passage of time and a woman reflecting on her life. And I think that... I think that honestly, and this is like a bold claim to say, I think anyone who doesn't like this film isn't in touch with their emotions. And I think, and I mean that wholeheartedly, I cannot imagine sitting and watching this gorgeous, stunning, heart-wrenching piece of film and not, and not feeling something and not like, like it made me think about like, like who I would have been if like I had gone in different directions and also everything is so intentional like every day I open Twitter and there's someone offering like a new like like oh look at this metaphor or look at this um like moment from the film and look what I think that means like there's just so much to it's already an amazing experience by itself but then the more you think about it and the more you sit with it it um it means more as you go this film is fantastic I've haven't cried harder (laughs) I cried so like it was bad Fiona it was and I know you know because you there's a picture of you crying on the internet it's posted in our sad girl movies roundup oh yeah yeah it is um so everyone knows this don't worry um I cried really hard like really hard I haven't cried that hard in a really long time um I was actually like Like, I mean it. I was, like, like shaking, like, on my bed after, like, rocking back and forth and, like, sobbing. Um, Go see this film. We don't have uh, an episode dedicated to it, but Fiona does talk about it on our Sad Girl movie episode, so go watch it. I think you have to rent it. Go rent it. On Paramount Plus in the next two weeks, I want to say, there's this really awesome side note this is really awesome twitter web um account called the wendastream.com they have a website as well oh and they kind of just keep track of when things are hitting video on demand um or different streaming services so check oh, out if that's you awesome need to know where something is or just i'm gonna give them a follow or yeah you could ask us fiona's probably gonna know i might not but fiona because i'm chronically online um Past Lives is also my second movie, a uh, favorite movie of the year. I think, I think it was made in a little lab for Emily and I. Um, <laughs> it mirrors a lot of the movie, other movies that have touched us. Um, and yeah, if you don't hiccup sob so bad that you hear people talking about you in the bathroom after a movie, what are you doing? What are you doing? Genuinely, what are you doing? You just gotta let it out. I'm curious. Um, let it out. S- yeah. Put this film on when you're having like a day. I would say like I was already not feeling super good when I watched it, so it was kind of cathartic to cry that much. Actually, um, guys, I'm fine. I, I just you know we have our bad days, um, so I wouldn't put this on like if you're having a good day. Like I wouldn't, or maybe maybe you would. I don't know. You get a very different experience, I think. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. Greta Lee is incredible as Nora in this. And so oh, my God. Supporting male actors. I'm sorry, I can't remember your names. I was just looking at Greta Lee. <laughs> um, but, and then Celine Song. I really hope Celine Song takes um, Best Original Screenplay this year at the Oscars, um, just because it's perfect. Yeah. Um, um, I have the names for you. Yay. So it's uh, John Megaro plays Arthur, and uh, I apologize for the pronunciation, but Teo Yu plays Heisung. Uh, yeah, you. I agree with Fiona. Both fantastic performances there. Um, and personally, this is me putting it into the universe that Celine Song will be nominated for Best Director at the Academy Awards, but I truly see like a good. Character. If she's not, I'm genuinely going to be very angry. Yeah, like I'm genuinely going to be very angry. One, if there's no woman nominated for best director this year because i think that would be silly goofy like in gen oops oops like in general i think that sorry for the sound in general i think it'd be very very silly but also like this is a directing masterclass to do this on your debut is insane imagine directing a movie for the very first time and then getting nominated for best director along martin scorsese that's crazy that's insane but deserved Celine song you will be famous forever like actually she has oh they announced her she announced her second movie and someone i like is starring it but i remember who hold on Celine song second film um bow, bow. is it called materialists yes i believe so she has a second film called the materialists um, she's already in production, which is just awesome. But I want to say it was announced that someone was going to be in it, and now I can't find any information on that. Um, There's nothing. Unfortunately, Letterbox is bone dry. Just information on like directors and producers right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it. Oh, I just Googled it. <laughs> but I can't wait to see anything she makes. I think she's going to be, she's going to be around for a while. Oh, a while she's gonna go down in the hall of flame because i'm putting her there exactly myself that's a mother right there that is mother and i love her well i think that concludes our that concludes our list honorable mentions movies that did not make your top 10 that you want to shout out oh oppenheimer oppenheimer was there um until i remembered i watched priscilla and then i was like oh Bye-bye. Uh, do I have any honorable mentions? Let me look through and see. I watched 32 films released in 2023. Oh, I have some honorable mentions. I would like to mention Creed 3. Okay. Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Incredible directorial debut. Mm-hmm. That's epic. Um, we already talked about David Fincher's The Killer. Love it. And John Wick Chapter 4 was also pretty life-changing. I don't think I have any honorable mentions. But I'm also, you know, I'm still making my way. Haven't, um, haven't finished yet. My favorite, I will tell you, my favorite first-time watch um, of a film not released in 2023, but I, that I watched for the first time in 2023, was Memento. Yes! Christopher Nolan Hive. Let's go. Emily Brinko is officially a part of it. No, I'm not. Uh, I <laughs> I liked the movie, though. It was really good. So that was probably my favorite first watch of the year that didn't come out this year. Uh, I talk about it on our Christopher Nolan episode. I have so, three favorite first-time watches from films not released this year. After okay, Sun. what were they? I've already talked about After Sun, I believe, on the Sad Girls episode. Oh, my God. If you want to throw up watch after sun <laughs> um next one was the place beyond the pines ryan gosling bleach blonde with tattoos and then also just really freaking good movie that will make you cry i think i like to cry during movies and then i also talked about black christmas on our holiday movie episode but i had a lot of wine in me so i don't know how coherent i was but that movie is excellent um and i already have a favorite for 2024 or like um like a favorite favorite first time watch in 2024 that was the florida project that movie made me sick to my stomach it was so good i can't wait to see it i just i love starting a year out strong i've seen like five movies six movies already this year i feel so alive i've seen i've seen two i watched my first uh, film of the year was anatomy of a fall which is 
stunning, fantastic. Um, and then I watched The Holdovers, but also my favorite. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about it more once the yeah. nominations come out. But I watched Revenge of the Sith as my favorite, as my first movie. <laughs> They're playing it at a theater in Edmonton. Um, yeah. Freaking awesome movie. Let me tell you that. So good. Um, I watched it about, yeah, I've watched quite a few films this year already because school hasn't started, so I'm still living my life. I will go on the, if anyone wants, you won't, it'll be too late, but um, if anyone is curious as <laughs> to what the Golden Globes Rampage looked like on my Twitter feed, um, my Twitter is Fiona G, at Fiona G Donnelly. I am sure I will be saying some things that I will regret for future employers on there tonight. <laughs> Do you have a private? No, you don't. Nope. I thought you had a private account. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. F- please go. Uh, please go follow her. <laughs> I think I've already started raving about um, the Golden Globes or Emmys or something, but um, my Twitter is private. Don't look at it. <laughs> thank you so much for letting us wrap up our 2023 with you, and thank you so much for spending your 2023 with us. We really appreciate it. Yes, we hope you found some new films from this and some new films from honestly any episode we release this year. We are very excited for what's to come in 2024, March 1st, Dune Part 2. I'm there. I'll see all of you there. There's some great things in store. And yeah, next week on the podcast, as long as no one has an academically driven mental breakdown, there will be a new episode. Let's hope not. Regarding poor things and the work of Yorgos Lanthimos. I've done my homework. It's my time. It's my time to shine. We had the Nolan episode. I'm we had the Wes Anderson episode. And just watch everything he's ever directed. See, I have a few. I so I haven't seen Alps yet. Haven't so maybe that. I'll watch that before the episode. Alps. I haven't heard of that one. Okay. Well, I think Dog it was like one of his older ones. I've seen Dog Tooth. Okay, I, I think I'm going to watch that this week and then I'm, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for what you're going to think about that one. I like to get a little weird with my movies. I think you might like it. So we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. We're going to have a good time and we can't wait for you to join us there. Yes. Um, Yes. So go see Poor Things. You have exactly one week from the time you're... You have one week. Date of this episode. Go now. (laughs) Um, Go now. Enjoy your movie watching. Yes. And day, evening, night, morning. And we will. I forget my. What do I always say at the end? No idea, girl. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.